0: NFT Time, our podcast to talk about our adventures in NFT land and the current events in NFT world. My name is Jonathan Smith.
1: And I'm Jeremy Craig.
0: And this is episode three of the podcast titled Tropical Destination Wedding. In this episode, we're going to put on our big brains and try to predict how NFTs will intersect with pop culture like sports or video games as we move more into this NFT universe. Then we're going to talk about some of our favorite NFT projects and why. And then
1: we get to finish up with the story about a troppy wedding at the end. But for now, are you excited about that, John? I'm
0: excited about that one. I got I can't lie, but let's oh, get into it. Oh, I know it. you are.
1: For now, let's put our smoking robes on and take on some big ideas in the NFT space. Ooh, let's do it.
0: All right, big question time. You get to go first. So do you think that NBA Top Shots is a model that can work for other sports brands, such as the NFL or the MLB, or do you think its great success is unique to the NBA?
1: Interesting. I like that question. I definitely like this question. So, um, you know, I hope it's a repeatable and sustainable model. I definitely like, you know, NBA Top Shots in the basketball I'm a little concerned because football has players that are not quite as, uh, glamorous as basketball. I mean, I don't really care about an offensive guard or a defensive tackle getting a pancake block. So it, it kind of has me a little curious as to whether or not, you know, a, a team of 11 players is, is going to have a moment that. I would want to collect for a center or a deep snapper. But I know that they've got deals in the works for the NFL, for the UFC and La Liga. And I really think La Liga Major League Soccer is going to be probably the easiest transition simply because there's not a lot of positions on the you know field that you wouldn't want to collect. Every player is important to the team.
0: Yeah, I, I've wondered about that too, Jeremy. I mean, with the NFL – it you're right i mean i'm not going to want a little video clip of a lineman blocking unless they're like the greatest hall of famer of all time with that said i could definitely see it going towards like a fantasy model on fantasy football you don't really get points most of us don't on their teams for like linemen you get running backs wide receivers offensive players i could see that being where like an nft shop top shots would go or just those moments of that big wide receiver catching the touchdown or the quarterback juking and throwing that great pass or something along those lines
1: I agree. And, you know, if they do something like the ballers and they have like a, a PFP collection, then obviously those are not all based after real people. It's a, you know, generative process to the computer and algorithm. So I really think that could take off. But I do think you could have tiered systems a lot like the NBA 2K um, sports did, where you'll have like a, what's a bronze, silver, gold tier or something like that, where maybe if you collect certain cards or, you know, can combine cards to get a higher level card. There, there's so many different options. It's it's all really down to that Web3 and, and the devs and what they really want to do.
0: You know, I will say I do think for something like the NFL, especially right now, NFTs exist in the zone that is a very non tangible space. It's very much your digital life um, right now. If you want to take those NFTs and pull them into your real world life, I mean, I've probably pre-ordered like three devices at this point that like puts my NFTs on a screen or something like that, but that won't be good enough. Like the moment that you could have a hologram of your NFT tackling someone or catching the big touchdown or something, even if it's like a little hollow cube, which is basically like a little LCD screen inside of a crystal or something that just makes it look cool or whatever, right? I think it's going to take that kind of tangible thing to really connect over, but I, but maybe I'm just being skeptical because of where that audience is today.
1: I mean I I can't, you know, neither confirm nor deny. Obviously that's the beauty of it is that we're we tied a knot at the end of the rope and are just holding on. So and
0: yep, big thoughts. That's what we're trying to do. That's what we can try to do. But I, I, I know UFC uh US UFC's also working on this. I mean it's not just the top shots, right? I mean other leagues are already looking into NFTs right now.
1: Oh yeah, you've definitely got other, you know, sports organizations and, and groups that are doing it. Um I think UFC has actually got something on flow. And you know, I, again we go back to the flow network and, and that chain. I like it because for the most part they, they allow you to use that debit card or, or credit card transaction. So it, it's you know a little bit easier entry for your users.
0: I'm I'm a little skeptical of flow myself. Any of those what I call I'm pretty much consider flow a proprietary chain. I know you can buy it. Um but I can't stake on it, at least not in any way that I know how. That could just be me and go ahead and kick me the email if that's how it is. But I could definitely see for a lot of these companies, I mean, if they don't have to pay the price to be on a decentralized chain, why do it? Why make your users get ETH and pay gas fees and all that if those people won't value decentralization, which is the main part of crypto? And so, you know, if they could have their cake and eat it too, I think that that's definitely something that they'll try to do. In fact, doesn't your question for me talk about another industry that's kind of doing the
1: same thing? Oh, yeah. You know, this week especially, uh... You've seen a lot of gaming um, platforms and tokenomics and, and, you know, play to pay scenarios. So your big question is, you know, what do you think of the intersection of video games and NFTs? How's that going to play out? and, And what do you expect for that sector?
0: You know, if you're into gaming like I am, I'm big into gaming at this point. I think I have all the platforms, blah, blah, blah. You've watched how in the last 10 years, DLC and microtransactions and freemium models have really taken over the gaming market. I would say that gamers are more accustomed to pay in little bits and bytes and pieces for their experience than almost anyone in any other entertainment medium. I mean, no one goes to the movie theater it's like, well, you can have the premium experience or whatever. It's just you get to the theater early enough to sit in the front row or not, right? And so, but with these gaming companies looking at NFTs, I think they're wanting to take that momentum from the live service model, from the freemium model, and move it forward in something that they feel has hype right now, and maybe that their 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 users will connect with from that hype. I mean, I, I know SquareSoft is looking into NFTs. You've already got Axie that's been real popular on in the in, in the NFT world, um, but like Axie is running on a side chain. Um, it's not running on the main ETH chain anymore, so that way they could have more control. So that way they get away from the expenses. I-, I just really doubt that gaming platforms are going to sign off on actually giving users control uh, uh, through th- of their assets, of their NFTs, through a decentralized platform. Um, pl- especially if you think about what kind of NFTs will they make? You know, me and you, Jeremy, especially you know since we started this podcast, we, we kind of mixed together the rights. And the NFT, but as you know, you don't get any rights to your top shot NFTs, right? It's not whenever you buy the LeBron, you can't go put him on a T-shirt and sell it or something like that, right? Or make a podcast like we're doing right now. But I mean, maybe you could talk about LeBron all day. You probably wouldn't mind that. But the same time, you know, it's not something that you're getting rights to as part of that. I could definitely see if the video game companies can slice that onion and they can get the money of the NFTs without giving up the rights to the actual characters behind the NFT and that sort of thing. They'll go in that direction. Because the most valuable NFTs will be ones that they won't want to give the copyright on, where, you know, you do get, you know, the Halo guy or something like that and, and or or Donkey Kong or something on a digital card. and um, But it's all going to come down to which platforms are going to support that sort of thing. So we we're already seeing a bit of backlash in gaming against NFTs. Speaking of Halo... Um, the, the head guy, Phil at Microsoft has come out against NFTs. Steam has banned Mm -hmm. NFTs as part of games on the steam ecosystem. And so this is something that's kind of playing out right now. I know getting in gamer spaces, a lot of them are really skeptical about NFTs and how that will actually improve their gaming experience. But for me, there's an obvious benefit. And that is if I can take my NBA player, 2k player from year to year to year to year um, because I'm, I have you know, accessories on a the blockchain, then that will give me more of an incentive to invest in those individual years. Or if I could have a way maybe to get some of my liquidity back from all this money I'm spending in some free-to-play game, then that's going to not hold me back as much whenever it's time to ask for those extra rubies or whatever at two o'clock in the morning, right? That might make mm-hmm. you splurge if you feel like, well, worst case, I'm only going to lose 90% of it or something along those lines, right? And so, um, but for the longest time, people have talked about like digital games and reselling digital games, and that's never been allowed. And so that's the kind of thing where if the publishers build around NFTs, then there'll be a benefit there. But if they just want to exploit the market, there won't be much of a benefit there. And where I can actually see more of this coming in is going to be not the video game companies of today and not the video game market of today. But as we go forward, I can see as people are wanting to live more and more within individual video game universes, like all those kids that live in Minecraft, all those kids that live in Roblox and all that, to be able to decorate those universes in a way that they like could definitely have a benefit and that's and a way to do that, since they're all standards, you can just set up a token reader or whatever to view NFTs, you know, that could be a way for platforms to have things that people want without them always creating that within the game, within that platform. And so I, I see a lot of benefits there. I see this eventual future where maybe like my son has one of my favorite NFTs from today and all the other cool kid, cl- kids in class that are playing Fortnite 3 or whatever are jealous because my son gets to use my Mooncat as his like badge or something in the game and the rest of them can't because, mm-hmm. you know, their dad doesn't have one or whatever, right? Like that's the kind of thing of where I can see it going. But there's a lot of cynicism we got to get through before them. a lot of development we got to get through before then. And honestly, there's a lot that needs to happen with people's confidence in the NFT market. They almost need to see NFTs make it outside of video games before it's going to come back. I think something like sports is a more obvious place because people are used to doing collectibles in sports. But again, back to the GameStop I was talking about in the last episode, gamers love collectibles. We just like the real world stuff. We want to fill our closets. I think once gamers leave leave that behind. And they're willing to maybe like own their character. That'd be something like think if you could own your me on Wii. Everyone loved the Wii. Everyone loved creating their Wii character. Think if you could own that one. Think if no one else could have the same Wii character. Let's say you get on Nintendo Online, I'm doing Mario Kart, or whatever, and no one looks like me because I own that particular me through the blockchain. That's a kind of cool thing that could be done might not get done whenever it comes to video games and so but again that's why we're putting on the big hat right jeremy that's why we're thinking about big in the long term i'm going to be cynical for right now but there could be a lot of potential there if video game companies just don't look for a cash grab um speaking of some moon cats and our favorite nfts let's go ahead take a real quick break And then me and Jeremy are going to talk a little bit about what some of our personal favorite NFT projects are and why we like that project so much. I want to be clear. It's not us shilling our bags. This is just us trying to relate and talk about what we see in those projects in that part of the market that brings us back. So we'll talk to you all in just a second. All right, Jeremy, get us started. What are your most... Favorite NFTs.
1: Well, you know, I, I gotta stay true to my roots. Everything about me right now is Top Shot, so I would say, you know, obviously my first and, and favorite NFT collection is going to be my Top Shot. So I, I've got six hundred and I think twenty five moments right now. Uh, man, favorite Top Shot moment. I'd probably have to say right now it's going to be that Luca Cool Cats three. Um, Man, or even possibly right now the Anthony Edwards four badge rookie. So that's, you know, a tough one for me. I I have so many, I would say realistically, the Luka Doncic top shot debut from series one is going to be my, my favorite NFT, but I'm currently in the works to get that one. Um, (laughs)
0: It's always that next one, right? It's always the the one you don't have that's your favorite
1: one, huh? Oh, it's gotta be. I'm trading up for it. It was the, the Dirk run it back, but they finally got rid of that bottleneck. And so I was able to get him in the archive. So I've got a couple, but right now I would definitely say, you know, my Luca collection is my favorite out of Top Shot. Um,
0: not to offend the Top Shot folks, but at this point, I think I like my ballers better than any of my single Top Shot cards or whatever, right? I love how they moved into that market, but keep going, keep going. What do you like other than Top Shots,
1: Jeremy? Well, you know, we both have corn. So out of that uninterested unicorn group, I, I really like my punk corn. Um, I got one, you know, just a little bit above the floor whenever we were talking about staking. And, and he's got the flame torch on his back and neon colors and a smoke mask and some sweet ass glasses. So my punk corn's definitely my second favorite one. And then, you know, I got to go, OG my dad, I sold my other two dads and kept that third dad. I've got that 3D print coming of them. So my my crypto dad's probably in the top three for me.
0: Well, crypto dad, you've been in from the beginning because they've just done so much with that project, right? There is the them getting the alcohol uh, uh, sponsorship or whatever that is. There's the racing. There's the mom. So talk a little bit about what you've got, why that project pulled you in so much, because I've never seen something hook you like that in our lives together.
1: Oh, man, the dad devs are just amazing. So they're based out of Colorado. Um, They did have an affiliate sponsorship with the Denver Broncos. So they're giving away tickets to different Denver Bronco games. They made a customary dad for one of the Broncos players. Um, Like you said, we've got a whiskey, sports drink, and beer partnership agreement. Um, Netflix is doing a documentary series on it. And if they pick your dad, um, you're entitled to royalty rights from the episodes, um, the discord 's got a drip channel, so I have quite a few different and i don 't even know what you would call those, not quite derivatives because they 're not, but just you know different um accessories for my dad so i 've got my dad with some bob ross hair and a a paint palette i 've got um a Punisher outfit on you 've got one where he 's on the Jimmy Fallon desk.
0: I love that when you did for me a mine on the jimmy fallon i won't, i won 't lie that 's a real cute use for the dads
1: that 's a cool thing from dads for sure. For sure Michael Carter Williams is having a competition right now to try to get an NFT on his shoes for a basketball game. So they're having a Discord competition for it and I mean you just you see a lot of that stuff where they're trying to get it out into the real world and and you know put it on a pair of shoes based on the number of votes. So you know It's kind of crazy.
0: I will say one thing about Dads is with the Dads the traits were very obvious with the Dads. I loved how the rights were upfront and clear. Um whenever you got me into that You know, I I, I was a little late to that that game, but by the time I got into it, it was just so exciting to see devs that were leaning in so hard. Sometimes you get cynical whenever devs want to just check every box and be like, oh, well, these successful projects had X, so we're going to do X. One day we're going to have a whole segment talking about what, what we actually like to see in projects we're invested in not. So that's not what this is. We're just talking about where we've been, what we like up until this point. But one thing I hate to see in projects are things that are like derivatives. Like, I'm sorry, if you're doing like a monkey ape type project right now, now, I don't want to hear it. it you're just doing it because of, the, because of the Bay Area Yacht Club being famous or whatever, right? Like, you're just trying to ride that wave. Dad was something original from the start. Unicorns, uninterested unicorns, I was something really original from the start, you know, and their staking and the questing I thought was real original. So I love your picks, man. I love your picks. Um, you know what some of my favorites are. So w- w- what would you say my favorite is? You've heard my ranting. What do you think my favorite NFT
1: is? Well, we got to go with the Mooncats. We're talking originality and, and you know, Derivatives. so uh, the one and the only moon cats i would have to say um
0: there are definitely some moon cats that you, people won't be able to buy from me it will go to the grave with me just because of where i was and the point in my life whenever i bought them what they mean for me is these little pictures I, I i still love i love the devs on the moon cats i think they're great i love that they're all on blockchain so unlike a lot of these other nfts where they're just like a link to somewhere on some sea server Um, With Mooncats, I have a generator app on my computer. As long as I keep that app, I can regenerate my Mooncat from the blockchain. I think on-chain NFTs will be something actually more for the future than today. And so they're Mm -hmm. still kind of futuristic. But, you know, a lot of people think that cats are ugly, and I get it. There's not a lot of rarity within them and all that. So I don't know if if that's definitely not my most valuable project. I don't know if it's even my favorite anymore. I'm I'm starting to branch out, and uh, maybe, maybe that's, like, my home as far as, like, out of all the projects. But as far as individual NFTs, I don't know if any one of my moon cats is like my favorite NFT now. Um probably up there in my top list would be my toads, you know, my cryptodes. I have a crypto that's got little glasses and he's real cute. I think he's cute. In the cryptodes world though, I guess he's kind of like plain and ugly. Like cryptodes <laughs> is a reverse thing for me. It's I, I, that's why I think it's probably the closest thing I have to real art. Because I look at it and I'm like, most of these are ugly. But those are the ones are like that are worth the most. And then the ones that, like mine, that look like something normal are like floor toads. And so I'm figuring it out. At least I'm in the club. I love that Discord. You want to talk about it? I love the toads, and I've stayed in it because that Discord is so chill. I love those people. I love their vibes and their positive energy. As far as I'm concerned, there isn't a more chill, positive. They don't allow floor discussions. They don't allow price discussions. I love that in the community. Um, some other NFTs I just love. You know, I have this YuYu crew, and... I'm bad. You know me, Jeremy, like my weakness is female NFTs. I try so hard to not collect female NFTs, but I got that one in that robe with the sunglasses. It looks like she just woke up with a hangover, sitting there mm-hmm. drinking her tea. Like she just fell out of bed after an all night bender or something like that. I, I like her. I feel her in my soul. You know, I like my Troppy turtle. That's part of the reason. So the, the next segment, we're going to do a bit longer story than I've done before about my Trapi turtle. And you know, one thing about the Trapi Turtle is from the moment I saw them, I was just really inspired by the art. I thought it was really good art. I really liked the look behind it. And it was one of the few that I bought looking for the inspiration. Like I would look through open see like which one of these inspired me, and then I bought based upon that. So I really like my Troppy Turtle. He's really inspirational to me. I think it's definitely something that I, I, I like to see art like that that stands out to me. You know, part of it is is the people online. Like, you're always talking with a NFT machine online. He's big on cats like me, big mm-hmm. on turtles, right? And he always talks about things that are underappreciated, you know. And it's not always about that. I, I think sometimes it's about being underappreciated, undervalued. But also, I think it's about being ahead of the curve. And some of these projects, I think, that haven't taken off yet, that some people are trying to push out there, they're just a little bit ahead of the curve, and it takes a while for things to catch up. And there's almost no reward for being ahead of the curve before things take off, right? You, that's why you gotta sit it out. And mm-hmm. so that's why you gotta sit back and stick things in your cold storage and just believe, man. Because if you like something, you just gotta sit back and believe. So, um, but yeah, I definitely put Tropic Turtles easily one of the highest on my list. So, uh, well, I'll tell you what, Jeremy, let's go ahead and actually do that part next. So let's go ahead and get into my story about the Tropic Turtle. All right, Jeremy, I'm warning you right now. You need to settle in on this one. Like, go get your cocoa, go put on your hat. Because this one's going to take a while, right? Like this is this is not this is not as quick as some of these other ones I've done before,
1: but it's got uh, some meat and bones to it.
0: Yeah, my wife didn't know what to think about this when she's like, "Ooh, this one left me with some feelings." So hopefully, this leaves all with some feelings as well. So let's go ahead and get into it, Jeremy, and to talk to y'all in just a second with my Troppy Turtle story, uh, tropical destination wedding. It was finally the day of the wedding, and Sterling the turtle had dreaded this day all year. It wasn't his wedding, you see, but the turtle he had loved for as long as he could remember was getting married today, and poor Sterling had to be part of the celebration. To be fair, most of the village on the island paradise where they lived was going to the wedding too, as it was with a close-knit community but they weren't actually part of the wedding. Poor Sterling was. He had to be. He agreed to be. How could he tell the man who he loved no? Sterling began to get sick thinking of it. For weeks leading up to the wedding, Sterling fantasized about being able to leave the island or having an excuse to miss the wedding. He dreamed of hitting the high seas on a ship to never return or he ran through his mind what disease he could claim to avoid the event. But, alas, Sterling knew it was a waste of time, as he could never leave the island where all of his family was still staying. And in such a small community, when you pretend to be sick, within an hour the doctor is checking you out and relaying back to that same family what your treatment plan should be. And there was no treatment plan for why he felt sick today. At least nothing that anyone ever else would understand. You see, on paper, Sterling didn't have a reason to be upset. He had tried to date Jacob many years ago, and it kept not working out for one reason or another. When Sterling was offered the opportunity to still be friends, he took it just to keep Jacob close in his life for that small chance that maybe just proximity would be enough to make him happy. It was better than nothing. Or at least that is what Sterling thought back then. Today, all he could think is how much he wished he would have just walked away. Or really could have is the right word to use, because he knows deep down he would have always taken the choice to keep Jacob in his life, even if that choice brought him to today, the day of Jacob's wedding. In a small community like the one Sterling and Jacob live, you can't keep a secret like that to yourself. Even since the engagement was announced, Sterling had just been defaulting to the scowl on his face. So much that seemed daily he was asked why he didn't smile more. He wanted to tell his mom, but she would just tell him that he did it to himself. Why did you agree to be in a wedding if you felt that way, is what she would ask. And Sterling would have no answer, other than the fact that he could never tell Jacob no. He wished he could tell Jacob they could finally come clean. But Jacob had been busy planning the wedding or deciding the decorations for the home that he and Brad would live in together. There'd never been an opportunity. There'd never been an opening. And now the day had come. Oh, that damn house, Sterling thought. You see, in his village, whenever two turtles get married, the community celebrates by giving the couple a house to live in. The day after the engagement was announced, Jacob and Brad's family started working on building the home that they would live in as their own family to continue the tradition. And as Jacob's longtime friend, it was expected that Sterling would contribute. And he did. As one of the stronger turtles in the village, he had carried some of the largest beams and did some of the hardest work. At first, Sterling loved being able to help build the house. It was a distraction, and eventually a labor of love for his dear Jacob. But then two weeks ago, when the house was finished and Sterling no longer had the workload to lean on, the reality that this would be Jacob's home, but not Sterling's, really sunk in. The fantasy that the wedding would be called off never came true. Jacob asked Sterling to help pick out the decorations and help hunt for the best seashells for the fireplace, but Sterling declined. You always had a better eye for that sort of thing than me, he said. And when Jacob accepted that answer, that was the moment when the loneliness really hit Sterling. As prior to the engagement, back when Brad was just a boyfriend, Jacob would have to- been tuned in enough to know that something was wrong with Sterling. He would have insisted Sterling come clean. Even when they stopped dating, Sterling always felt like Jacob really cared about him, would always make time for him. but that Time had passed, and Sterling's breakfast was about to return the way it went down. "'Are you ready for the big day?' Sterling's mom said as she came into his room. Sterling gulped the biggest gulp of his life to keep down his pancakes and said, "'I think so, Mom.' "'Well, good. Me and your father were making flower leis for the wedding all morning, and we need your help to carry them to where it is.' "'I will, Mom,' Sterling replied.' As he forced a smile before his mom demanded one, like she had done so often the last few months. Good, get ready and we'll wait for you outside, his mom yelled as she glided away. She was happy today. She loved parties and weddings even more. The whole village did. This was going to be the highlight of the year for everyone. Everyone but Sterling. Sterling stood up and walked to his dresser. Sitting on it was his best studded collar the one that Jacob got him as a birthday present years ago. Picking it up, Sterling almost lost himself when he looked in the mirror and saw a turtle that was all alone. Alone, that was him now, alone. Jacob was gone and today everyone was going to celebrate that fact. Celebrating Sterling's loneliness, that's the plan for the day, he thought. Sterling felt his familiar scowl come back on his face as he put on the collar and stepped out of his room. He couldn't force a smile anymore. It was enough just to not run away, he thought. Sterling, another day of the frowns? His dad asked as he walked in the living room where his parents waited. Yeah, dad, indigestion again, Sterling lied. Wow, every day this week. The doctor told you to watch what you eat more carefully. I know today is a big day for your friend and your grooms and all, but you better take a small slice of cake during the reception. I will, dad, Sterling acknowledged. Then Sterling, his mom, and his dad picked up a dozen or so flower lays and started to walk towards the village where the wedding would take place. Along the way, Sterling had yet again begun to fight an old fight is mine. You should be happy for Jacob, a voice in his head said. It's so selfish that you can't support him on his big day, came another. If you'd just throw up right now, maybe you can get out of it, thought another voice. But I can't ruin Jacob's day and steal the spotlight, Sterling mumbled to himself. I owe Jacob this. And that was his final conclusion. His mom, sensing something was off, commented to Sterling, I know what is troubling you. I think it's the same reason why you've had so much indigestion lately. Sterling stopped and looked at her with saucers for eyes. You do? Yes, his mom replied. You are scared to lose Jacob. How could she know, Sterling thought to himself i convinced her years ago after our last breakup that we'd moved on and we were just friends and I haven't talked to her about my feelings since then. It's kind of obvious, his mom continued, that you haven't been as excited about this wedding as some of us, and I think I know why. This was it. Sterling was about to be exposed. It's perfectly natural to feel sad that you might not get as much time with your friend after he's married, but that's what happens when you grow up. I'm sure both Brad and Jacob will be happy to have you over whenever you like, and one day they'll even help you build your own house when you find a nice turtle to settle down with. Oh, she didn't know. No one knew. Sterling had never felt so alone. You're right, Mom. That's it. I miss my friend. You got me. He stammered. Well, it's time to stop frowning and start celebrating. You'll feel silly about all this once they're married and you have two best friends instead of one, his mom related. That's it, Mom, Sterling replied as he forced the hardest smile he had ever forced on his face. Even his mom, his rock, his favorite confidant, didn't know how he really felt. Sterling was completely alone. Alone. There's that word again. When they got to the reception hall where all the weddings are held, Sterling put on a lay on his head and volunteered to hand them out to the people coming in. That way he wouldn't be asked to help finish getting Jacob ready like it was expected from a groomsman. He just couldn't stand to see him before the ceremony. So he put on one of the lays and leaned into the task and yet again, Hey Susan, here you go. Hey Allison, here's your lay. No, I haven't seen Jacob yet. Hey Phil, here's yours, he said as fellow turtles shuffled into the convention hall. Hey, Sterling, the big day's finally here, Phil replied. If only Phil knew. The ceremony went well. Brad's mom sang the official song of the island, and Jacob's dad read a poem. Sterling stood the whole time next to Brad's brother, who was the best man, doing everything he could to hold back tears. In fact, Sterling really didn't hear the poem or the song, and he was just fighting his instincts the whole time with clenched teeth. And now I pronounce you. Turtle and turtle. You may kiss the turtle, the officiant said, and it was done. Everyone shuffled outside to the back of the event center where the reception was held, but Sterling held back. When it was all done and they were all gone, he ran outside next to the building and broke down in tears. Why? Why? His mind screamed, but his voice couldn't find a way to articulate it. All he could do was sob into his hands. What's wrong, Sterling? He heard a voice say. He looked up, and he saw Jacob. I've been looking all over for you. Are you okay? Jacob asked. "Uh, I, I get choked up at weddings, Sterling said. But Jacob shook his head. No, you don't. I know you better than that. I get it, though. Life is changing, and I'm moving on, and I bet you don't know where you fit in. I apologize, Sterling. I've been so focused on the wedding and our new home that I kind of forgot about you. But I promise I'll make it up to you, Jacob continued. Me and you have been down a long road together, and we have a very unique relationship, and nothing's going to change that. I made it clear to Brad that you were part of my life, and we couldn't get married unless he's willing to make you part of his. So either we are both a part of the wedding, your wedding one day, Or we're adding a room to our new house so you can come live with us. I plan to be in your life until the end of the road, Sterling. I appreciate you so much. But for now, I need you to come dance with me. Jacob then motioned towards the back of the event center and started walking that way. Just come when you're ready, he said as he slipped around the corner. Sterling dried his eyes and stood up straight. He took a deep breath and walked towards where the party was. From the edge of the crowd, he saw Jacob and Brad in the middle dancing. He'd never seen Jacob so happy before. Never when they dated. Even never when they were alone as friends. He knew his friend, the love of his life, had found the thing that Sterling could never provide for him. Sterling then did the one thing he couldn't, that he hadn't been able to do this entire time. He smiled, a genuine smile, as he walked towards the group. There you are, his mom yelled. Come dance with me, Sterling, it's time to celebrate. And Sterling, gritting ear to ear, did just that. The end. For now. This story is based on an NFT from the Tropical Turtles NFT project owned by Jonathan Smith. You can find out more at tropicalturtles.io. And thank you very much for your time.
1: Well, welcome back, John. That was a heck of a story. That was definitely a little longer than the other ones. Um, that's actually all the time we have today. I want to thank all y'all for joining us and, and being a part of our NFT time. As always, you can find me on Twitter at JerkDake. Yeah, thank you all so much for listening and
0: and being part of this. You know, we've been getting some great feedback on this podcast, and we just want you all to know that we're going to keep trucking. We're going to keep popping out these episodes, so keep giving us the feedback. Keep telling us what you want to hear on Twitter, what you want us to get into. If you have a favorite project and we haven't gotten into it yet, let's talk about it. You know, let us know. Uh, we Uh Who knows? We might get inspired. I'm always looking for new stories. So you can find me at PoofyHairGuy on Twitter. And we look forward to sitting down with y'all with a new story sometime soon, okay? See y'all next week.